Alexa and Ryan here. Welcome to another episode of Murder in the Mountains. I just want to start off by saying last week we were at about 750 downloads. And where are we at this week, babe? 1,000 downloads. 1,000 downloads. I'm super pumped. I woke up one morning and I was like, babe, I just showed him. I was so excited. I got super excited when we first started. We were at like 50 downloads. Now we're at a thousand and I'm equally as excited and I tell him all the things and he gets about half as excited as I do, but that's okay because he's so here with us and I appreciate that. Um, Ryan has his glass of some kind of white wine. Yeah, I don't know. Ready. Uh, it's the last glass because the bottle is gone. And so. he was the only one drinking that today. <laughs> so he is <laughs> little wine tipsy and ready to give his true crime commentary as usual. So let's do it. Let's do it. So let's just jump right on in. Um, Lori K. Soares was born on December 31st, 1976. She was adopted by her parents, Thelma and Harold Soares, who met in Brazil while they were missionaries. Okay. Interesting. Where was she born? I'm not sure where she, um, unless it was in Brazil and that's where they adopted her. Was this back to one of those conceived stories that we talked about? No, because she was adopted. Oh, yeah. 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 So she was adopted. It will, yeah, I would just say that it was in Brazil where she was born, and that's where they found her. Um, so after her parents got a divorce in 1987, Thelma left Brazil with 11 year old Lori and moved to Orem, Utah, which is about 45 minutes south of Salt Lake City. In 1994, when she was a senior in high school, Lori met Mark Hacking, and the two became inseparable. A few years later, in 1999, the two married. So that was three. No, I'm bad, I'm bad at math. Five years later. Yeah. They got married, and by all accounts, they had a happy marriage. Everybody said that they adored each other, and her mother said that she couldn't have asked for a better son-in-law. So according to Lori's brother, Mark... I take that back. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. According to Lori's brother, Paul, <laughs> Mark was outgoing and romantic, and Lori was private and practical, but the pair just worked well together, like opposites attract, you know, playing off of each other. Mark was also described as a big goofball, and he would be teased about how he got such a good-looking wife, because everybody's just kind of like... This sounds familiar, and I feel attacked. Why am I on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's Alexa and Ryan. Yeah, plot twist. <laughs> but hopefully, our relationship does not end. How theirs does. I imagine not. Spoiler alert. Okay, so in July of 2004, the couple was in process of a big transition in their lives. Lori told her family that she was five weeks pregnant and that Mark got accepted into medical school in North Carolina, so they would be moving. She even told her job about the pregnancy and the move. So she worked um, doing like trade something or another at uh, Wells Fargo. Mark had graduated with honors from University of Utah with a degree in psychology and medical school in North Carolina was his next step. So the morning of July 19th started out like any other day. This sounds like what Ryan just would really like to be. She got up around 5 a.m., left at about 5.30 a.m. to go on a run. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's go on a run, baby. Uh, he does not like to go for runs. That's the worst. I'm like, let's do the color run. And he looks at me 
knowing that he really doesn't want to, but he will because he loves me. Lucky for him, COVID has postponed it for two years, and I had already bought our little packets and whatever, started training for it, COVID hit, and... What, we missed a second one? Yeah. Oh, nice. It said it was going to be, like, um, rescheduled, but it didn't give a date when. It just says soon. Plenty of time for me to keep training. Yeah. (laughs) The training that's not happening. (laughs) I'll be ready for this 5K. Yeah. So... Yes. So on the morning of July 19th, Lori got up uh, and left her house around 530 to go for a run, which is just a typical morning. Typical. And kudos to her for being in the early stages of pregnancy and so getting up for a run Mm -hmm. and not feeling like straight garbage. So around 10 a.m., Mark called Lori's office at the local Wells Fargo branch. One of her coworkers answered the call and let Mark know that Lori never made it into work that day. So he transferred him to a manager. Mark explained to Lori's manager that she'd gone for a run this morning but never came home, so he just kind of assumed that she'd gone straight to work. The manager then confirmed what the other co-worker said, that she never made it to work and told Mark to call the police right away. So at around 10.07 a.m., Mark called the Salt Lake City Police Department to report his wife missing. Shortly after his call to the police, Mark called some of Lori's friends to see if they had seen or had any contact with her. Nobody had heard or seen heard from or seen Lori that day and Mark let them know that he jogged her usual running path and didn't find her but he found her car at the entrance to the trail so that was clearly the last place she was so he told her friends this like hey have you seen her um I know she went jogging this morning I didn't find her but I found her car so why would anybody have seen her if her car was still there yeah unless they were running with her maybe Right. But they wasn't. But Correct. That we know of anyway. Right. So at 1049, Mark makes another call to the Salt Lake City Police Department requesting help in searching for his missing wife. They tell him that standard procedure is to wait 24 hours before responding to missing person calls, but suggested he check jails and hospitals in the meantime. Perfect. 24 hours is what we need for her to get further dead or gone. Correct. It's good procedure. So that's like no longer... The case, they don't do that anymore. But that was like standard back in the day. I mean, whether it was a child or an adult, they're like, oh, they probably just ran away. Oh, they'll come back. Oh, let's just wait and see if they come home. Tax dollars good at work. When now we know that the first 48 hours in any investigation is the most crucial. Do we know this or do you know this? Now we all know this. (laughs) Thanks for enlightening us. What do you go running with? Probably a pistol. That stopped this from happening, right? Maybe. Maybe. So, without the police's help, Mark, along with uh, friends and family, began searching for Lori on their own, but none of their efforts turned up with anything. The next day, July 20th, Lori's family held a press conference and begged the public for help in finding her daughter. They distributed missing flyers, and more than 1,200 people came out and volunteered to search for 27-year-old Lori Hacking. Mark's efforts to search for Lori were short-lived, though, when he was picked up by the police for running through the streets naked, wearing nothing but his shoes. What? (laughs) So he was literally just running around naked, wearing nothing but his shoes. Mark. Mark, the husband. While his wife's missing. Yeah. Nice. So they're thinking he's having a mental breakdown. You know, maybe stress. Is that what you would think? That's what they thought, because then they admitted him to a psychiatric (laughs) facility. (laughs) What would you think? Uh, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of streaking in my day, but I don't think I could be in this situation and want to just get naked and run around. 
Not completely naked. You got your shoes on. Well, of course. You got to have your running shoes on. Yeah. In case you find your wife, you got to run and her it's down. It's like Talladega Nights where he's just running around and just yeah. <laughs> helmet and underwear, right? Okay. So he's in a psych ward. Okay. Yes. He pulled his balls out. Yes. And ran around. Yes. That's true, love. I'll Is it if she's for you, babe. if she's missing though? I don't know. I don't know. This is the strangest thing I've ever heard. Okay. At this point, the only clue as to where Lori was was the car that Mark found at the entrance of the trail. So wait, they, wait. when did he pull his balls out? This was just like a few days after. Okay. Yeah. So on July twenty fourth, Mark's brothers came to visit him at the psych facility. They. Uh, pretty much try to convince him to tell the truth, whatever that may be. Like, if you know where she is, tell us where she is. If you don't know where she is, tell us you don't know where she is. But whatever it is, like, try to help us find her, you know? Now you're here because you decided to run around naked and we're still out there looking for your wife. Like, help a brother out. Yeah, reasonable. So they left the facility after telling him to just think on it. Like, don't have to tell us right now, but you're going to have to tell us. So, later that night, Mark called his brothers and told them that he killed Lori on the night of July 18th, the day before he reported her missing. So, carrying a pistol while jogging would not have helped in this situation. Because you're already dead. (laughs) Because you're already dead. Yeah. Okay. So, I just want to pause here for a second, and I want to get your hypothesis. Why do you think Mark killed Lori? Oh, jeez. I don't know if we have enough background for that. Who knows? suspected her of cheating or he's already in a mental hospital so he could have fabricated something completely outlandish outlandish like what like what do you mean you're saying he made something up while he was in the mental hospital like he didn't actually kill her or what do you oh no no no. he made something up in his own mind or at least created something then killed her okay and then had more a further mental break like he had a mental illness beforehand Mm -hmm. and maybe like some kind of psychosis convincing him like yeah okay So, Mark told his brothers that he killed Lori because she was starting to unravel his web of lies. Lies that he told the entirety of their relationship. Bum, bum, bum. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think those lies were, babe? No telling, but we know what lies will do. Make you murder your wife, obviously. That's right. Maybe that shouldn't be the case. Lies are bad. (laughs) Lies are bad. So... In preparation for their move to North Carolina, Lori called the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, which is where he was going to go to medical school, and inquired about financial aid since she'll eventually be out of work due to the pregnancy and then maternity leave after. Oh, snap. He wasn't even in the program, was he? Oh, Oh, shit. Correct. So, (laughs) (laughs) wow, babe, you nailed that I'm way ahead of you, babe. So... The university told Lori that Mark was not enrolled and he actually had never even applied to their school. (laughs) (laughs) What a tangly web he's woven. Yeah, like, not like I applied, I was pumped, and I just wasn't good enough. It's just like, I didn't even enroll. Pretty manipulative. Yeah. So after that call, Lori was seen in tears at work because I guess she called while she was at work. Uh, but later that night, she was seen at a company party with Mark, and she was in good spirits. So they were like, oh, whatever it was that caused her to cry, like, you know, she's pregnant. You know, an emotional woman. They, you know, they had no idea why, but then they saw her later that night, and they're like, okay, cool. Like, she got over whatever it was. So Mark told her that a computer error was the reason why his name wasn't showing up on the incoming student roster. 
Like, uh, I bet I bet they had a glitch. Like, I know the ins and outs of the university computer system. Yeah. And that's got to be the reason why I'm not on there. Like, don't worry about it, babe. I did enroll. Mm-hmm. And I am there. So, Lori accepted that as an excuse and called the university back to explain the situation to them. Like, oh, we got it all straightened out. Y'all figure it out on your ends, you stupids. And it was after hours on a Friday on the East Coast, because remember, they're in Utah. Uh, so Lori left a voicemail. By the time the university listened to her message, she would already be dead. Mm. So Mark didn't just lie about being accepted into medical school in North Carolina, did he? Nope. It was discovered that Mark hadn't even graduated from the University of Utah in 2004, like he told everybody he did. He actually dropped out in 2002, but continued to pretend to go to classes, pretend to study for tests, and write papers. He would also fake uh, interview, like he would also travel for fake interviews with medical schools. Homeboy put more effort into faking it than it would have taken to actually pass. <laughs> right, like if he just applied the same. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So my biggest question is, how did he fake graduation? I guess no one went, right? But how do you not well, go? You, you don't have to walk. I remember I got convinced. Everybody's like, oh, you're dumb and you graduated. You should walk. It's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. See, we have that in common. I didn't walk. Because, you didn't? Yeah. I tried getting out of it. Nobody was going to convince me to do something. Like, you know, I'm like, no. I'm really? Not. Yeah. Hmm. Because I didn't, I didn't want it was just uncomfortable to me. Like, I don't want to walk across the stage and like that caused anxiety in me. And here I am doing a podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I don't want to be in front of all these people and like shake somebody's hands. What if I trip? What if I don't know what I'm doing? Like, it's just a whole thing. Well, I got talked into it. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, Brandon, I'm not sure. Yeah. So maybe that was his thing. Oh, they'll just mail me my diploma. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So when the truth came out, everybody was stunned, obviously, especially his family because they're, you know, wild. He's a great boy. Yeah, great boy. So forensic psychologist Kathy Yates said she's not surprised that he was able to dupe his family because he really crossed his T's and dotted his I's. Pretty much like you said, he spent so much time. Like, I don't... (laughs) Being crazy? Yeah, like you're sitting here pretending to go to class, pretending to write papers, Pretending to study for tests when you could actually be doing all those things and then just... Like actually have something on the other side of it? Yeah. She said that he was able to deceive with such detailed accuracy in terms of creating a persona that he wanted everybody to believe, and that tells me he's bright. So obviously he was like smart enough to do it. Mm -hmm. So... As he grew up and was watching other family members get successful or be successful, he was not. She says there was an element of grandiosity. He felt like he deserved more than he was getting in life, but didn't want to put his energies into achieving the kinds of goals that he probably could have achieved. So you nailed it. Um, It's believed that he told this lie because education was highly valued in his family. His father was a pediatrician, his mother was a nurse, and both of his brothers had good jobs in the science field. So. What, babe? Just say Freaking lunatic. Why didn't you just go to school? Yeah. Like, why didn't you just do You were all pretending the to go to school for two years. He dropped out in 2002 and he said he graduated in 2004. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Delayed gratification. So. As stunned as his family was, imagine 
how stunned Lori was. I mean... Well, she didn't know all of it while she was alive, did she? Well, she knew at least the, the medical school part. Yeah, because she was asking. Yeah. So she was pregnant with his child, about to move across the country with him because he told her he was going to medical school in North Carolina. So, like, what's your plan for when you graduate, air quotes, medical school? You going to doctor death it and pretend to, like, know what you're doing? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he didn't think that far ahead. Clearly. Well, clearly he didn't because he ended up killing her, right? He's like, oh, my plan is But that's only because she found out. Well, she was going to eventually anyway, and he knew. That eventually, yeah. yeah. So after the initial confrontation about the med school thing, uh, Mark was able to calm her down, like we talked about. And um, he said that later that night, they got into an argument about it again, and he told her the truth about medical school. Um, In effort to conceal his lies, he shot her while she was sleeping and then disposed of her body in a dumpster, which was eventually dumped into a landfill. So it was found or not found? It is eventually found. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> ask him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But the point is, he literally just shot her while she was asleep, completely defen- like defenseless, not in the heat of the moment, just killed her while she was sleeping. And then dumped her body just in a dumpster. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant, child. correct. What a sick human being. Yeah. So once he confessed, his brothers told his Mark's attorney, who then told the police. So Mark was arrested for murder on August 2nd and then charged with first-degree murder on August 9th. Police searched the landfill continually until they found her body. It took two months, like two months of digging in a landfill. They said uh, by then her body was decomposed, obviously, and they could not verify that she was indeed pregnant, even though you know, she had told people that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe she hadn't been to the doctor yet, so they couldn't get, like, medical records to confirm. You know, I mean, she was only five weeks along, so that's like, you just found out. Yeah. You know? So because they couldn't verify the pregnancy, he was able to escape the death penalty. On April fifteenth, two 2005, Mark pleaded guilty to first-degree murder. At his sentencing, he said, I intentionally shot Lori Hacking in the head with a twenty two rifle on July 19th, 2004. She was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, but I killed her and took the life of my unborn child and put them in the garbage, and I can't explain why I did it. Wow. Yeah. What do you say to that? It's like, well, you did it because she found out you're a freaking liar. Like, just be like, sorry. I don't even know what you say. (laughs) I don't Uh, even know what you say to that. But uh, I don't think murder is the answer. Yeah. I think there's a lot of other options. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know what those options are, but murder is like last on the list. If it even makes the list. For, you know what I mean? For normal people. Yeah, for normal people. And, you know, like her family said, like, it didn't even matter, like, what he would have done. Like, as long as he was doing his best, she would have loved him. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like just goes for people when they love people and say, they're normal. In general, if you're just working towards something, whether it's doctor yeah. or whatever, that's better than lying. I doubt she's like, off. I thought you were really smart and your brothers and your parents are really smart. You're you stupid idiot. dummy. Like but I'm, you're a big dummy, and I regret this. So I'm getting a divorce. Yeah, that wasn't at all the case. So this is completely, obviously unnecessary, needless to say. So Mark was sentenced to six years in prison, or sorry, six years. Whoa. To, yeah. Whoa, that's it? <laughs> sorry, six years to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 2035. So the six years was just a minimum, and there was no way he was going to get out after only six years. 
but in Utah, all prison sentences have a minimum and a maximum, and the prisoner must serve out their whole sentence unless the parole board lets them out. So they just kind of had to slap a minimum on it, you know? Seems crazy to, to even think that minimum was an option. Yeah, like, oh, 30 days to life. Yeah. <laughs> what? Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they can't get out unless the parole board lets them out, and he's not even eligible for parole until 2035. So that would mean he'd serve a minimum of 30 years before being considered for parole. So not enough, obviously, but that doesn't guarantee that he'd be let out. It just means, like, he has the chance to plead his case to the parole board, you know. Which, how do you say, I mean, I killed my wife and unborn child while she slept. And just I can't be- I can't even explain to you why. Yeah, just because I'm a liar. Um, but I'm better. Yeah, so he, surely he's never getting out. Like who does he think he is? The butcher baker? Think he can just <laughs> have a little halfway house therapy sesh and they're like, You're free to go. Not today, Mark Hacking. Not today. So just a side note, in two thousand six it was discovered that Mark was selling what they call memorabilia to people online. Like a tracing of his hand, which in my mind is like what kids, how kids draw turkeys. Yeah. yeah. You know? I don't know. So he was selling a tracings of his hand, a prison visitor form, two canteen invoice forms that he signed, uh, and he would sell them to people online that wanted something of his. Hmm. So upon discovery, Mark agreed to stop selling things on the internet. <laughs> Because criminals who profit from their crimes face civil fines in Utah. And rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But why are people like that? Like, I don't get it. Desperation at that point, I guess. No, I mean. something. After. I'm saying, why are people trying to buy their stuff? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the people buying them are crazy. Like, obviously, the prisoners are going to be like, yeah, you know, let me put a couple extra dollars in my commissary. Like, I'll buy some ramen and trade that crap all day long. But why are people even, why is there a market? For the killer stuff? Yes. I don't know. It's a, a fine question, but we spend a lot of time talking about killers, so maybe we're the people that would buy those things. I don't I don't, I don't think I agree with <laughs> I that. I think we're the market. <laughs> no. We talk about no, it No, I know. We talk about it, but we're also not like trying to date killers or write to killers or buy things like, oh, here's a letter that... Mark Hacking sign. Let me hang this up in my house just because I'm a true crime podcaster. You might. I wouldn't. I'm going to buy you one. No, you're not. I'm going to find a serial killer stuff. I'm going to buy it for you. And you're going to love it. We're going to talk about it on this. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to know. I don't know any serial killers, but you'll tell me about a few more. Can you name any serial killers? <clears throat> From like the 1800s or something, maybe. Yeah, Genghis Khan. <laughs> he murdered most of the world, I think. <laughs> I think you like Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, Adolf Hitler. These guys were douchebags. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> I know a few of them. You wouldn't want to say like the butcher baker of Alaska. Hot take. I could name a lot of U.S. presidents too, but I won't. Yeah, let's not name drop there. Yeah, Oof. spicy. We want to come back next week. Yeah, let's not get political on here. Yeah. So that was it. That was kind of your classic true crime. Obviously, the husband did it. You know, we've had we've had random man kills random people on Mountain Trail for their debit card. We have picks up hitchhiker, kills hitchhiker, mm-hmm. drops people into the wilderness, hunts them down. Somebody kills an entire family in a cabin. Let's see what what else do we have. Somebody pretends to be a CIA agent, <laughs> yeah, and has 
and to send people murder. And then we just go old school, kicking yeah. it to... Just keep it traditional. Yeah. Just your traditional true crime. Husband killed the wife for no reason. We're all over the place. I like it. Yeah. Great job, babe. Thank you. Just trying to bring it back down to the roots here <laughs> this week. So if you could, you want to say it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, follow, rate. Please leave comments, all the things. Um, what I mean, I don't want to say good or bad. Hopefully they're just good. But Either way. Yeah, either way. We like constructive criticism. Like, man, her husband is a D-bag. Yeah. Or, wow, Ryan's so funny. He's a funny guy. So funny. Alexa sucks, but Ryan's freaking awesome. We have this guy as <laughs> He breathes show. real loud in the microphone, but he's super funny. Super funny. We can even look past that. Yeah. So, whatever you want to say, say it. We'll read it. If you have any case suggestions, you can DM us um, on Instagram at Murder in the Mountains. We also have our Instagram, uh, not Instagram, Facebook discussion group. Talk all things true crime and cases and all the things. And come back next week for another episode of Murder in the Mountains. See ya. Peace.